What's going on, guys? It is Cody Wynn, and welcome to the Faith Growth Podcast. I've slacked off for a few weeks here, but hey, what better day to post a new one than on New Year's, right? Um, so we're going to hit some stuff today that uh, hopefully it's going to be really relevant and eye-opening and touching to you guys um, in the new year here. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to do a recap of what 2020 was like uh, for me, as well as kind of relating that to how it should have been or could be for you. Uh, and then we're going to kind of just talk about the hope uh, that, that the future brings, right? So um, with that being said, you know, I'll just give you a really, really, really short synopsis of what happened in my year, like uh, literally happened in my last year. And then we're going to go on what Jesus has to do with this whole thing, right? Uh, kind of everything. But um, anyways, so uh, I, I'll actually step back to a, a few years ago. I ended up starting a business um, online where I started running ads for small businesses. I was doing digital marketing and um, ended up having pretty quick success, ended up growing more and more and more. And then finally, uh, you know, let's fast forward to January 1st of 2020. Um, I was doing um, best I ever had been, had some things looking up for me, really looking up. Uh, and I was like really in a, just a huge, huge spot there. And then all of a sudden, um, Corona hit, obviously, as we all know. And Corona was um, very devastating for a lot of people. And during this time, um, I had everything built up in my business that had taken me so long to create, and I lost probably say 80 to 90% of all of it, um, which was really scary, obviously, but I wasn't really scared, to be honest. I mean, I, had, I really trusted the Lord in providing, being my provider. Um, I really trusted where I was at, and I knew that God had called me to my job where I was, being self-employed, so I really wasn't worried about it. Um, but it was still one of those things that's like, what's next, you know? Um, so March or so hits whenever Corona hits and uh, about the same time, about a month before that actually, um, I had hung out again for the first time in a very long time with my ex-fiance, which was very strange. We had talked a few times uh, two Novembers ago um, and then after that just stopped again and she called me one day, she texted me and said, hey, we need to talk. I was like, oh boy, that's never a good thing. And uh, she ended up uh, calling me and said, hey, I'm a youth pastor of a church and I need a male helper to be able to help me and I don't know anybody else uh, who would be better fit for this job than you. Would you be interested in helping? And I was like, uh, hi, like why are you talking to me kind of thing. I was like, let me pray about it, let me think about it. Um, so I did all those things, prayed about it, felt peace in my heart about it, started doing it, helped her create a curriculum, all these kinds of things, which the curriculum was just the, the Bible. Um, and, uh, and we just talked through all that stuff, started growing more and more, spending more time together, all while COVID hit, which is actually the biggest blessing for our relationship because there was really no outside anything distracting us from being able to be intentional on Jesus and intentional on each other. And uh, we ended up uh, from that point uh, officially dating, I guess you could say whatever that means. I still to this day don't know what dating means. Uh, I'm, I'm dead serious. I have no idea what it is. I don't see it in the Bible and I don't see it in my, I, I'm just like, I'm either going to like love you and lay my life down for you like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her or I'm not like only two options. So uh, ended up dating. Uh, we started dating, I guess, got engaged rather quickly uh, during the same time. Uh, you know, this is March, April, May, June. Um, 
in, during this time, my business ended up going from almost losing everything that I had in my business to it doubled where I was before I started. It was insane, it doubled. Then it tripled. Then it quadrupled. Now we're in January 1st of 2021 and it is over 8X to where I was before Corona hit. Unreal, I can't even like, my mind still doesn't wrap around it even. Uh, it's really overwhelming, but it's amazing. I, I'm so thankful. Um, so what had happened uh, in that time was we obviously got engaged, got married on September 12th, which was so exciting. Uh, and now we're, we're here where we are. Um, excuse me. I'm in my house with my wife and our little one. Um, and this year has been a heck of a year for a lot of people. What I find is that this year has done one of two things to people spiritually. Um, people have either degraded in their faith, they've either what we church people call backslid in their faith, or they, they grew in their faith more than ever. And during this time, during COVID, um, it's a real head-scratcher to me how people backslid in their faith because the reality is, um, I mean, I had not back or head-scratcher in regards to, I didn't know how people could have done it, but it was a head-scratcher to me in the sense of, uh, like, what changed, you know? Um, you know, I'm not getting political here on wear a mask, not wear a mask, but my Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Uh, and that where the light is, the darkness flees, it says in John 1. And that Jesus is the light of the world, and that light has been in us, and now we are supposed to be a light to the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, it says in Matthew 5. And I'm like, I don't know how the scary darkness around is supposed to scare me at all, right? On top of that, now I'm going to get a little dicey here. Jesus went up to the most um, um, socially and scientifically dangerous people to walk up to in the day, which were people who were called lepers, people who had leprosy. Um, and he was scared to be around people with leprosy, or people were scared to be around people with leprosy and fear that they might get what they had. Jesus not only didn't fear them, but he went up to them in full faith, knowing that not only would he not get what they had, but what he had would get on them, which was Christ. Oh, that should hype you up. That makes me so pumped. Like, like, like scripture says that Jesus walked up to the sickest of sick, the disease ridden, the nasty, the people who could give, give you the worst infection or whatever you could possibly get. And he gave them healing. Just saying. Yet we retract recluse and live in a spirit of fear for the next X amount of months, Right. Um, I, I just, I never understood it from the beginning. You know, I, I want to take us to, to two scriptures here um, that I hope give you some perspective. Um, there's a scripture in James, some of you might already know where I'm going with this, and it really should show a really clear litmus test in what this past year did to you spiritually. I, I can just ask you really quick, did you either grow in your faith or fall back in your faith? And you, you'll be able to give me just an answer. I definitely fell. I definitely grew, right? Um, and I, I understand that the seclusion was a lot to do with that, right? The seclusion had a lot to do with why people did so negatively because they weren't around people. Suicide rates increased. Depression rates are increased, um, which makes perfect sense, right? Um, but this should, I want that to, I hope that encourages us in the value and importance of fellowship um, and being together as the body of Christ, right? Hebrews 10.25 says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints as have some 
But as the time draws near, bring yourself together to stir up one another in love and in good works. And that's like so powerful. And um, obviously I recognize, I'm not saying that we, you should have been in a big massive church building with 400 other people or something. I'm not saying that, like I'm not saying like, like screw the government, anti, I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is you could have still found ways to fellowship during this time, right? Uh, people were doing the whole parking lot, uh, meetups where they wouldn't you know, get in six feet of each other, but they would sit in their car, you know, sit on the trunk of their car or whatever, talk to each other. Um, other people, you know, as time went on, people just didn't care and people just started hanging out anyways. Um, but also outside of that, we have FaceTime today, we have Zoom today, now everyone knows what Zoom is. Like, there's so many opportunities that we have during this time that you could have done that would have made this tremendously more effective for you. Uh, and, and, and at the very least, stayed the same in regards to where you were in fellowship. But most people, due to the seclusion, ended up backsliding in their faith. And... Um, this scripture in James 1, I'm going to hit one in Romans 5 that's similar. But I hope that this is an eye-opener for us. Don't take anything I'm saying here as condemning. I want to just encourage you in what this new year has to offer. And that His mercies are new every morning. And uh, that God wants to do something new in and through you. Like, like 2 Corinthians 5.17, For I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things have been made new. Now, obviously, that's not in reference to a new year. That's in reference to salvation. But with that being said, I want you to just consider this idea of newness that Jesus brings about. Jesus brings forth newness to everything that he comes across. And by newness, I really mean back to original value, which is what we saw in the garden. Anyways, going to go to James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you face and encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And the endurance has its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. It's become very evident to me that during this time in COVID, um, th this was a testing of a lot of people's faith. It was a testing, it was a pushing on a lot of people's faith. And I have dear friends of mine who um, have turned their back on God during this time. Very close friends who've turned their back on God during this time. I have other very close friends who look more like Jesus than they ever have ever in their lives during this time. Um, but the reality is whenever trials come into your life, when trials come into being in your life, they will do something to you. Um, trials do not produce stagnant people. When things come into your life that you were not expecting, that are negative or anything like that, they never produce neutral results. They always produce results in one or the other scenario. Like, for example, when you see Jesus talk to somebody about faith, about the Father and the Bible, whenever you see it, you never hear anybody just take it neutrally. Everybody either scatters or gathers. That's what scripture says, that people scatter or gather. They're either with me or against me. They're for me or against me. They're with me or away. And we don't see anyone in the Bible ever take Jesus kind of neutrally. Um, the only person that I can think of that comes to mind that it first seemed to, at least with the way that the text was written, take Jesus neutrally was found... Um, with Nicodemus and Jesus, when Nicodemus met Jesus. Um, that was one in John 3 
that may have seemed um, rather neutral, but we see later that he followed Jesus. He gave up his Pharisaical lifestyle to follow Jesus. Um, so there's no one in Scripture that just took neutrally to Jesus. They either were way for him or way against him. And the same thing happens when perseverance hits your life. You either are going to look more like Jesus or not look as much like Jesus. I, I have yet to see anybody after COVID and they look the exact same as they did before COVID happened. Now, mind you, your growth or degrading might look different. So it doesn't mean that you preach the gospel to 20 more people a day or stop preaching the gospel to 20 people a day or something like that. It might look different for you, but people grew or fell during this time. But the reality is what James chapter 1 is saying here is that, that, that we should actually welcome the trial because this trial and tribulation that is in your life produces perseverance. That perseverance is coming forth to perfect your faith. Meaning that if you want to be perfect in faith, if I just ask you the question, do you want to be perfected in faith? Your answer to me would be, well, obviously everybody wants to be perfected in faith. But what if I told you that to do that, you're going to have to go through stuff that you don't want to, that you don't like to, that you don't enjoy, that's hurtful, struggle, frustrating, painful, because on the other side, you'll look more like Jesus. Actually, to the point where it's really telling you right here, if you have not faced trials and tribulations of many kind, you can't even convince yourself that you are actually indeed in the faith. Let me guess, you were doing well when you needed God. Let me guess, you were doing well when life was going well. Everybody does well when life is going well, with or without Jesus. You can slap a Jesus sticker onto that and say that Jesus was helping you do well, but that didn't make it go well. Wait till your grandma passes, right? Wait, wait till your family has a, a, a divorce in it. Wait, wait till you get in a really big feud or something like that. And, and these kinds of things are going to really show you uh, whether you're going to have serious results or not. So the, the testing of your faith that you're seeing uh, that I'm referring to here is a tremendous, a tremendous opportunity. It is tremendous value that God actually allows you to face. When you have those times when you lose your job, when you have those times when you get in that serious, nasty argument with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, these are actually times that you have and are able to look more like Jesus than you were ever able to look like Jesus before. This is why the song by Mercy Me, I love the song, but the song by Mercy Me, it says, Jesus bring the rain. He's saying like, God, if that's what it takes to praise you, if that's what it takes to look more like you, Jesus, you can, I welcome persecution into my life. I welcome this trial and tribulation into my life. If on the other side, it's going to sanctify me to look more like you, God. Then on, on, on the next part, it says in verse five, it says, here's the key. Here's the answer. Here's the solution to this. But, because it said, said, if you are lacking, uh, and let us in, uh, let the endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Verse 5, it says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who is generous and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you have this uh, desire to in the midst of trial and tribulation, look more like Jesus. It says the word but there. But is a transitioning word. In light of what you were saying, in light of what I was just saying in regards to trials and tribulations, keep in mind that with that being said, if you are lacking wisdom in this scenario, in this, pro pro uh, this, this problem in your life, that you should ask God for wisdom and he will give it to you generously without reproach.
But you must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed to and fro by the wind. For that man ought, ought to not expect anything. But the brother in humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. And the rich man is to glory in his humiliation. If you're in a humble place, if you're in that place where you're lowly, you're meek, you're hurting, you're struggling, you're wrestling, you're in a perfect spot for God to just move in your life if you turn to Him. When Peter, in Scripture, when Peter, um, after Jesus uh, was crucified and rose from the dead, um, Peter didn't know he'd risen yet. And um, before Peter was a disciple, he was a fisherman, right? And that's when Jesus comes to him and Andrew in the boat and says, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And, uh, you know, after Jesus crucified, what does Peter go do? He goes back to fishing. He goes right back to fishing. Now, when you read that or, or heard that even, you probably don't think much of anything of it. Now, in light of the way I'm structuring it right now, obviously you probably are. But in general, you're not thinking anything of that story. More than likely. But the reality is that would be the same as me saying, I used to drink before I got saved and now my grandma passed of cancer. I'm going to hit the bottle again. Why would you hit the bottle again? Why would you not turn to Jesus? Jesus didn't take your grandma. So why are you blaming Jesus for your grandma's loss in the first place? Right? Why are you turning to the world to solve your problem that Jesus is there to give you peace and comfort in? Right? It's almost like a Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened down by life. Like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. We run from him and he says, come to me. Romans 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God that through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained the instruction by faith into grace in which we stand, and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, character, proven character, improving character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within your heart through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What it's saying here is, through you going in tribulation, you can praise God greatly through that tribulation. Because when you persevere through that, it brings forth character. And that character brings forth hope. Hope doesn't disappoint. When you have something to hope in, you have your eyes fixed, Hebrews 12, on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, for who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he is now seated at the right hand of God. He despised the shame, not holding their sins against them. Consider him who took such hostility against himself by sinners. If you have this kind of mindset of we are focusing on our hope in Jesus, consider Him, then the likelihood of you struggling, wrestling, falling like this is very unlikely. But just like Peter when he walked out of the boat, his problem was that he wasn't looking at Jesus. He was looking at his circumstances, the water, and he ended up sinking in the midst of it. But if you choose to keep your eyes 
fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, then you have nothing to worry about. Storms will still be around. It doesn't mean the storms go away. The storms will still be there just like they were there for Peter. But you will have nothing to worry about because you'll have Jesus with you through the storm. So I don't know what your 2020 looked like, but I know what your 2021 can look like. Jesus paid a price to get you free and and to bring forth salvation into you. And that grace has freed you from your sin, but it's also empowered you to never live in it again. If you're saying, Cody, I don't even know what this looks like. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what God's called me to do. I don't know what God wants for me. I I just don't know, Cody. I just need help. If you're saying that right now, first thing I want you to do, just as James 5, 1, 5 says. He who lacks wisdom, ask for it, and it will given to you, be given to you liberally, without measure. And ask in full faith. That's number one. Number two is I've created some really um, neat, I believe, free resources for you guys at CodyCWin.com. There's something called the Faith Growth Course, if you never checked it out. I've got something else called the Identity Crash Course um, that I want you guys to check out as well. And these things will get you on the right track with your walk with Christ, get you in the right direction, focused on it, intentional about these things. And from those things, it'll actually help you be in a place, in a state where you never have to live in these hills and valleys and up and down and okay, not good, overwhelming anger. You don't have to go through all that in life. Jesus paid a price to stop you from having to go through all that in life. What if you can actually live in peace? What if you can actually have joy in the midst of not so great circumstances? James 1, consider it pure joy when facing trials. It's not because of the trial, but it's in the midst of the trial because your joy isn't found in circumstances. It's found in the the one who gave you life originally and who saved you from everything that you've ever done. If you can do those things, your life is going to seem a lot less like a chore, a grind, a, a drag, and more like an opportunity to represent the Father. I appreciate you guys. Check out CodyCWin.com. All the free resources are there. And if you guys have anything, as always, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I appreciate it. And let's make this new year an amazing one to remember for God's glory, not ours. See you soon.